Commissioner, always a pleasure to talk to you. Happy March Madness. Hey, Patrick, great to be with you. And uh, we're on the cusp, aren't we? We're, our, turn, our women's tournament is in full swing. We're having semis today. And the men start tomorrow, the women's championship games tomorrow night. And March Madness right around the horizon. I, I think uh, everybody's kind of gotten smart, uh, the so-called prognosticators, and we've talked to them on this radio show. I think they have gotten uh, very smart to the idea that this is a good basketball league on the men's side and that it is a three-bid league this year. And it, Look, a lot can happen in the next several days, but certainly this is looking like an opportunity for the American to, uh, to, to rightfully so get at least three bids. Well, I'm hoping so, uh, Patrick. Certainly, I think we deserve three. I think we've been an underrated and, and, and uh, you know, a, a league that, that has not been uh, respected as we should have been over the years. I think we've had several teams that should have been in and weren't. Uh, but, but the interesting thing is that we, uh, we continue to, to improve. But this year has, has been a bit of a down year for us. Uh, as you know, we've been a multiple bid league year after year, and we've had four bids on, on uh, you know, more, you know, more than one occasion. Uh, and we always felt that we we could end up in the in the six bid range, which is true of a lot of the uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. the other major conferences. But you know we didn't expect things to kind of go downhill a bit at Wichita State. We didn't expect the Cincinnati situation to be what it was, uh, what it's been the last uh, few years. But I think they're going to be in great shape and they're going to be moving on to the Big Twelve at some point. But they're you know we didn't expect Temple to uh, have a tough time you know after Fran Dumphy and. They showed some signs of progress toward the end of this year, but if you look at those teams and then you pair them, you know, with with Houston, with Memphis, with um, you know SMU and, and UCF being kind of an up and down but always a pretty competitive team under Johnny Dawkins. Uh, if you look at that, you would think this league, sure, it should have been, you know, could be a five six bid league year after year. And, and that doesn't include when, you know, East Carolina might, you know, ECU might have a great year under Joe or, or Tulane, which hired Ron, Ron Hunter. And that has been a spectacular hire. Look at what he's done. You know, so I think the league is, is a good basketball league. We've never had anybody on the men's committee. Uh, and that's, I think it's a national scandal. I really do. Uh, we should have had someone on the committee. It doesn't mean it's a biased situation. It doesn't mean that person speaks for your conference, but you know, it makes a difference when you have representation, at least, uh, that, uh, maybe people look at your league differently. I don't know. Well, uh, let, let me, doesn't... let me, let me go there, Mr. Christian. How do you, how do we remedy that? How does the American well, remedy that? You know, we, we had a situation where, you know, we, we had a nomination we should have been, you know, uh, put forward and it looked like it was going to happen. And then it didn't, um, we're, we're just working on it internally. We're trying, but, and again, I'm not suggesting that that person would be there to, to lobby for the American. He or, you know, uh, he wouldn't be. It probably, you know, uh, he or she wouldn't be. Uh, it would probably be one, you know, at this point, one of our ADs. Um, and that, you know, that's, but the, the point is just having that representation right. means that, you know, you, you, you belong. We're a major conference. Look at the pedigree in this conference. And we've gone since our founding a decade without a member on that committee. Outrageous. It's utterly outrageous. And, uh, you know, again, uh, but I'm not suggesting that that person's there to lobby. Just like we're, right. we're finally getting representation on the CFP committee, the College Football Playoff Committee. Chet Gladchuk is going to be our representative, you know, going forward. That's wonderful. And Chet's not there to lobby for us. 
But the fact that we have that member is important to our league, right? It'd be important to any league, right? The P5 have, have automatic membership in, uh, you know, in the, uh, on that selection committee, and it means a lot to them to have it. So, uh, you know, the fact that we haven't had it in basketball and the fact that we, you know, we, I don't think, have been as respected, you know, I look, look at how well we've played in the tournament. You know, you, you can look at conferences, and I, I won't single, you know who I'm talking about, conferences that have gotten way more bids than we have but haven't done anywhere near as well in the tournament as we have, except for maybe one team. And, and look, at, look at what uh, Houston's done the last several years, not just last year going to the Final Four, but getting to the Sweet 16 should have been in the Elite Eight if they hadn't lost a heartbreaker to Michigan. Michigan went to the championship game, right. and, and Houston had them on the ropes, should have won. They, they were leading Kentucky by three with, uh, you, know, a, um, you know, with 48 seconds left, and, and, and UCF almost taking down Duke and, and Zion, and they should have. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the ball just didn't bounce. You know, we, we've had some really good performances in the tournament. Cincinnati struggled, but they've, they've been a really good team. And then, and then you know, obviously, uh, you know, they, they had some, some changes there and things. Have, sure. You know, well, But they're going to stabilize. Memphis with winning the NIT last year probably, by all accounts, should have been in uh, the NCAA field of 68 uh, last season. We got Commissioner Mike Oresco. I thought so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, Memphis is a, you know, was a good team. Look, no one gave Houston better games than Memphis did down the stretch right. in the tournament and in the regular season. And Houston ends up as a Final Four team, and, and Memphis did win the NIT. But, you know, again, Patrick, you just have to just keep at it and hope you can change perceptions. Commissioner Mike Oresco is with us. Obviously, what has happened on the field, what happens on the court, speaks for itself. Why is it still an uphill battle to, as you say, change perceptions? Well, in part, we were, you know, we were a reinvented new conference, um, you know, uh, 10 years ago, nine years ago, whatever it's been. And I think, you know, maybe that the fact that we were new, uh, the fact that a lot of people gave us up for dead, you know, didn't really feel we were going to be successful. And, you know, that's changed dramatically. Uh, and, but, you know, the very first year, you know, SMU was, Every analyst had SMU, not only in the tournament, but a reasonably high seed. Right. He didn't make it. Yeah. And, and they didn't make it because they were, we were told, oh, well, their non-conference schedule, you know, and then they lost to Virginia by, I don't know, two or three points, uh, you know, a game they could have won. Uh, and they, they used that. And you know how good they were that year. And then, you know, we had a Temple team that was supposedly the first one out uh, several years ago that was, I think, 25 or 23 and 7. And, uh, and had a 20-point win over Kansas and, and ultimately didn't make it, you know. And, and I don't know what you, you know, what you say about those kinds of things, you know. And, we, and we've had a couple of other teams that have been worthy. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I think maybe we weren't known initially as a, as a basketball league. We've, we've put, you know, we've done so well in football, and that's been, you know, such a dominant theme. But look at our pedigree uh, again. When you have Houston and you have, um, you know, Wichita State, which we added, you know, several years ago. When you have Cincinnati, when you have Temple, which had, you know, uh, you know at one point they may have led, uh, you know, all teams in terms of wins in their history. Uh, and then you look at, um, you know, Johnny Dawkins, we had, the roster of coaches we have is probably the best we've ever had. And I include Joe Dooley in that group. Joe's a terrific coach. But you look at, uh, you know, some of the other teams, Memphis. I mean, Memphis has a, has a longer pedigree. You know, you have some teams that, you know, get, uh, get a lot more attention. But Memphis goes back, you know, how many years you know, with, with really great basketball. 
uh, Cincinnati. You know, what a, what a tradition. Now, again, uh, Cincinnati and Houston will be leaving and, and UCF, I guess right. I get that. But over the, we've had them all these years. We won a national championship with UConn, right? Uh, UConn didn't do very well in our league. Uh, they're doing fine now, and maybe they would have uh, done that, that well in our league now, but they weren't when they were in it for all those years. And other teams were doing quite well. So that was a puzzling thing. UConn won a national championship. Houston goes to the Final Four. Several of our teams have had a chance to advance pretty, pretty, you know, pretty regularly. Uh, so again, it's a good basketball league. It's going to get better. And, and we, you know, we, Carl Hicks now is our head of basketball. Right. Carl yeah. mm-hmm. ran basketball for the ACC. I think you're probably well aware of him, especially in your region. Uh, and he's terrific. Now we've had great people running our basketball, you know, Dan Leibowitz and, and, uh, you know, Nate Pomaday. But when you get a, a Carl Hicks and his, his pedigree and somebody who's, who's been the ACC a guy who wanted to come back and, and, and work in college basketball and loves being here uh, and loves what, what you know, the challenge is because he thinks with, with the reinvention of the conference going to 14 teams, there's a lot of work to do, but that we can be pretty good. And uh, we're just going to have to keep at it, try to keep the committee, uh, you know, informed of what we're doing. Um, you know, and I've been outspoken, as you know, right. uh, regarding yeah. the college football playoff. I hope it, it had some, some, some effect. I mean, finally, Cincinnati made it. it. took a lot to have that happen. Probably could have made it last year as well. And uh, certainly UCF had, had a good claim and Houston had a claim at one point. But finally got done. Um, now, obviously, the world's changing with NIL and the transfer portal realignment. You know, who knows what the next few years are going to bring. But, you know, you have to promote your conference if you have something to promote. You know, if you don't have any achievements, that's one thing. You, know, you right. probably can't say anything. Right. Uh, but that's not been the case with our group. We've got Commissioner Mike Oresco from the American Athletic Conference, the uh, conference basketball tournament, men and women, going on simultaneously in Texas at the Dickies Arena uh, there in Fort Worth. I want to, uh, you know, obviously we could we could talk about what it means Cincinnati making the uh, the college football playoff finally. I, I guess what the more appropriate and timely question would be, do do you see the expansion and there's a lot of you know especially in this part of the world with the Atlantic Coast Conference and others uh, that seems to be kind of tabled if you will or stymied the Cincinnati case though does call for expansion of and and the American can hopefully have a a seat at that table on a, on a regular basis I, I would hope and I'm sure you do too Yes, we, you know, we're disappointed that, that, uh, you're talking about the CFP expansion, right. Patrick. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're disappointed it didn't happen. I mean, I, basically the, the, the sad thing is that if it had, uh, we'd been able to get it on, you know, uh, get a new format adopted, you would have started in 2024, 25, and had those two years in place. And that means 800 plus student athletes, players, you know, uh, young people would have had an opportunity to play and they're not going to have that opportunity. And if they're, you know, juniors or seniors or even sophomores now, they might not have that opportunity. And it's a, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that they're never going to have. And that's, what's really unfortunate because this playoff is probably likely to be expanded down the road. And it's a shame that, that it wasn't. And, you know, if I think Bob Bowlesby put it, put it correctly. If you don't want to do something, any excuse is as good as another. And we've heard a lot of excuses from the three who opposed it. And <clears throat> I don't think they're good reasons. As you know, I wrote an open letter to right. college football regarding it, made, made the points, and I think it should have happened. And I think um, 
you know, it would have provided this conference certainly an excellent opportunity. <clears throat> but our, our goals were aligned with the larger goals of college football in this one, I think, Patrick, because this is good for college football. It would mean that probably three dozen teams going down the stretch would have an opportunity and that's going to energize, energize all those fan bases and, and get people interested and, and have them come out to the ballparks where, you know, we're struggling sometimes with attendance. It would also have uh, made the championship games even more compelling and valuable. It would have, uh, again, given so many more teams an opportunity and it might have changed the recruiting and, and some of the other, you know, issues that have plagued us. You know, it, it's been, everything's been concentrated in those, you know, those teams that have made it year after year. And that's been a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it's caused kind of a, you know, an imbalance in college football. Now, again, as I said earlier, you got to throw NIL and, and the transfer portal into the mix now to know how things are going to go in the next several years. So it's, it's a complicated situation. But the playoff would have helped, I think. It would have helped teams get some attention and never get any uh, on the national scale, uh, uh, excuse me, on the national uh, level. And, and so it, it's just a shame that, it, that, you know, especially since I think it will happen down the road. I, I think 12 is the only number besides four. I mean, eight just does not have any traction. You know, you, we want to make sure champions are rewarded, and they should be. Every, every you know, championship almost anywhere rewards your champions, you know, your, your division winners, your league winners, you know, your whatever. Uh, and, and, and yet you want a mix of at-larges also to make sure you've got a really strong field and worthy teams. Well, that's exactly what this 12-team, you know, uh, setup did. In addition, the health and safety issues are real, but you're going to most teams are going to play one more game than you play now to win the championship. And and in a rare case, you might have a team that plays two extra games, and they and they would have. Uh, You have to play two now to win. Uh, You would have to play potentially four if you were a team that did not get a bye and made it to the championship game. But as I said. I think a lot of our players would crawl over glass to have that opportunity. <laughs> and, and you would adjust your practices yeah. and you would adjust. We're trying to do some things in the regular season for health and safety. <clears throat> and my, my point to the ACC was you would have had two and a half years before this started to get a lot of those changes in place. So they say, well, we think we can deal with it. We think expansion will happen down the road. Well, it should have happened you know, sooner than later because I think I hope as people think about this, they just realize what an opportunity, you know, we missed. And all it does is really uh, deprive, you know, those kids of an opportunity they would have had. Uh, where it's going, when the next meeting is, I don't know at this right. point. Right. Um, and, you know, again, there's talk that, well, you know, the SEC, I know Greg Sankey's talked about whether they're even going to re-engage. I mean, they've, they've done fine with four. I think they will re-engage. I suspect that, you know, Greg's been a strong supporter of 12 and I admire Greg and, and Bob for their position on, on the six, six model, meaning for your listeners, you know, six, uh, the top six conferences without favor, without, you know, right. uh, favoritism, without giving the, the top brands an automatic, you know, the, the, the so-called five plus one, give the, you know, the autonomy five, the, the so-called P five, an automatic. Well, no, no, no playoff does this. And I challenge, you know, anyone to find a playoff that did that, that gave somebody a privilege just because of their brand, because of who they are, how much money they spend. Uh, that just doesn't happen. And uh, if we can get by that, I think we'll, we'll end up with the right kind of playoff. But that was one of the issues that held things up. And it's kind of a shame, you know, and then there's some others, but they can be resolved. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, we don't blow it and end up with, uh, you know, no playoff. I don't think that's very likely. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or just uh, defaulting to a four-team playoff. 
yeah. you know, which is not, it just hasn't been inclusive enough. And it, you know, that's uh, what 3% of, of, of teams. I mean, yeah. it's the smallest of any sport. Now, again, Patrick, we're talking football. It's not the same as, as uh, basketball or baseball or, or, you know, any number of sports, but that doesn't mean you can't, you can't expand it to the point where it, it's, uh, you know, it's still doable and you're not going to jeopardize the health and safety of, of your players. We got a lot to talk about with commissioner Mike Oresco here. Uh, I, I want to keep moving with some, some really hot topics and uh, some, some things about the conference's future. So let, let's turn to a couple of things. What are you hearing from coaches, athletic directors, university chancellors and presidents, as far as two issues, NIL and transfer portal? Yeah, um, NIL is out of control. I think we know that. I think we know that it's the Wild West. I think that we predicted, uh, many of us predicted that NIL could easily become a recruiting and retention tool that wouldn't have anything to do with student athletes legitimately capitalizing on their name, image, and likeness. And that's, I think, what's happening. Uh, you know, Patrick, I love college football. You love college football. Uh, but if you ask the average fan in the street, man or woman, whether they, you know, which, which college football players they know, especially outside their own, the team they root right, for, for example, right. how many could they name? So again, what are we talking about? I think, I think we missed the boat uh, several years ago when we were restricting kids from maybe you know, signing autographs, you know, going to some trade shows, uh, you know, maybe endorsing the local car dealership or, you know, uh, the, the, the UCF fellow who uh, had his website, we, they couldn't do that. And, and he was, you know, he was garnering some social media attention. We, we should have just been okay with all that. And we weren't, we also should have gone after California because I just don't think that, you know, having all these States have different rules serves our game. Well, I think we, we should have fought that battle early on and we didn't. And now look what it's become, you know, these collectives, uh, you know, it, it's all about recruiting and retention. Who are we kidding? It's about pay for play. That's what it is right now. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, you say, wow, you're begrudging the kids money. No, no, no. If you know, first of all, they, they have a great deal. I'm not going to con concede the opposite to anyone, you know, full scholarship, all sorts of great benefits. You can get educational benefits as well. You can get, you get great nutrition, you get great training, you get the benefit of, of great coaches who paid a lot because they are good coaches and that's why they're coaching college. And you get all sorts of other benefits. You get tutoring, you get, you know, the, the advantage of, of getting, being known in your community and, and having great job prospects when you graduate, all sorts of advantages to being a student athlete that the average student doesn't get, right? Uh, and you come out debt-free you have money in your pocket with, uh, you know, cost of attendance. I mean, there's all sorts of things. Okay. Beyond that, it's fine. If, if you've got, you know, uh, you know, something to offer, uh, you know, uh, because of your name, image, and likeness, that's fine, but that's not what's happening now. You know that. And, and so I, I think we've got to figure out maybe there's a, a fair market value way to determine where there's abuse and where there isn't abuse. But is and the genie out of the one, bottle too much with this? I mean, is there any going back at this point? I mean, the NCAA has been a little, a little feckless, it seems, when it comes to this. Yeah, Patrick, you hit it right on the head. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that, that you can't, it, you know, again, you can't put the toothpaste back in, you know, the genie 
back in the bottle. I mean, I, I think maybe you're right, but you can't roll back the ocean. Uh, <laughs> the NCA right now is, 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 uh, paralyzed because of the antitrust concerns. But my feeling is let's have some leadership here. You know, we, we can deal with antitrust issues if we put in reasonable guidelines, reasonable restrictions, uh, that are related to promoting competition. I think we can deal with it. And we, you know, we talk to antitrust lawyers and, you, you know, sure we have antitrust risk, but then again, you know, lawyers have been after us for a while on a lot of things and we just have to have the courage of our convictions. And more than that, you know, down the road, we're going to have to figure out, you know, uh, you know, who we want to be. Do, do we want to be a pay for play, you know, professional operation? Is that what college sports should be? I don't know. Maybe it is going in that direction. Um, but I'm not sure it's necessarily good. Maybe it won't matter. Maybe people just love watching the games and they could care less if, uh, you know, players are getting paid. But you know and I know that these issues take on a life of their own and, and controversies arise. And, and, you know, look at sports gambling right now. It's very troubling right. because, yeah. you know, you know what can happen. I just throw that out as an aside because it's similar. NIL right now, I mean, who knows where it's going. And then beyond NIL, you have the transfer portal. You mentioned that as another issue. Right. Well, all of a sudden, you know, what do you have? You know, uh, you know, a third of, of, of players in, in some sports in the transfer portal, uh, no consistency. How do fans view it when they, they see 3,000 kids who don't necessarily want to be at their school or are just looking for the next best NIL deal? The, the worst thing is the convergence of NIL and the transfer portal. You know, what are we just going to buy players? Well, I, I'm a great player at ECU, but, you know, somebody uh, somebody down the road has offered me a, a huge NIL deal. I've just got to go. You know, I love ECU. I love the coaches. I love the school. Uh, but I'm gone because of that, right? Or, or any any school, you know, that's is that a, is that a healthy thing for, for our, our young people? Is that a healthy thing for anybody? Um, so the transfer portal, you know, it's hard to manage a roster. Uh, teams – it has to affect teams when, you know, the star players decide to leave. Uh, and that, and part of that is of course the, uh, uh, the year in residency, Patrick, you know, that, that's right. the one that probably, right. you know, and, and you could argue, okay, coaches are freedom. Others have freedom. How come the kids don't have freedom? But, you know, there's, there's more to it than that because it, it is, it is about a team. It is about trying to keep, keep some consistency, some, some stability, uh, and, and you really lose it when everybody's in the transfer portal. Uh, we're going to have to figure out, you know, uh, some, some, uh, windows for transferring, you know, some time limits, some gotcha. other things that clearly <clears throat> will, as you know, will at least, um, streamline it and, and, and add, you know, some, some, uh, structure to it right now. It's just, a it's, a, it's a mess. Uh, but beyond that, you know, the, the year in residency, you really had to think hard if you were going to transfer, right? And and if you really wanted to transfer and willing to sit out the year, then you'd do it. But now you have one bad practice and you're angry at the coach, I'm transferring, right? Or whatever. It, it, so it has a lot of, uh, you know, side effects. Now, uh, again, there's another one where you can't roll back the ocean. And uh, what you probably are going to have to do to at least bring some consistency and some stability to rosters is to have time periods when you can transfer, time periods when you can't. I mean, heck, the pros have more structure in all their dealings than we do right, now. Yeah, right. 
and so we're we're dealing in the Wild West and in in, in in NIL and transfers two two of the most important things that affect you know our major sports like uh, football and basketball and are affecting sports you know uh, like baseball and and uh, you know uh, lacrosse and soccer and, and every sport. So well, again, uh, and and uh, you know other sports you could transfer and you didn't have to wait out a year. You know I think the high profile sports the, the year residency felt that you know feeling was it that it contributed in certain ways. But um, yeah, you hit the two things, Patrick, that are you know that and the transformation committee, which is looking at, at what what the standard should be to be in Division One. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. What, you know, we've had a lot of schools go from FCS to FBS. I mean, how do we deal with that? Well, we we just had a uh, division. Think- we just had a, a school uh, go from Division Two to winning their conference tournament. Now they're not eligible for the NCAA, and it's a great basketball program. But uh, you know, again. That's the big complaint I, I've always said. I'm, uh, Bellarmine is who I'm speaking of there. But what I'm yeah. what I'm hearing and I hear because I've you know I've been involved in basketball broadcasting a long, long time. Uh, that is the that's the that's the tipping point. As much as football, I don't think people understand. You have a a pie with a lot more hands, <laughs> it, it, and. Not all Division One basketball programs or even Division One athletic programs are created equal. No, they're not. And you know, again, basketball. You know, you've seen the transfer portal explode in basketball, and I think in you know it's it's similar to football, though it's it's it, there, there are even more kids in, in basketball. And and there's a tremendous disparity in basketball, of course, and that's been one of the charms of the NCAA yeah. tournament. Well, you know, I, I guess where I'm basketball where I'm, little guy can do some things, right? Well, where I'm coming from, like that, and I understand it's an arms race, and I understand people have uh, financial advantages with facilities, but there are some facilities that just, even at the lowest consideration, are not up to snuff to be D one, and and that's what I think you're speaking to there. Yeah, I think it's a tough one though, because you know you're if, if you do that. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know, unfortunately disenfranchise some schools that you, you know, really are, are making an effort, and, and unfortunately just, you know, don't have the resources. But every now and then, you know, can compete. Uh, I don't know where to draw the line, right, uh, Patrick? It's a, it's a tough issue. You know, yeah. it really is. You know, FCS to, to FBS. I mean, that's a little different deal. Sure, in football. sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we've seen a lot of that too recently. Um, and I don't know where that's going to end either. It's right. Just, yeah. You know. Uh, Commissioner Mike Oresco joining us here. We we want to talk a little bit about the future of uh, of the uh, of the American. There's change in the air. Obviously, you alluded to it early in our conversation. Uh, eventually, uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida will be leaving the fray. There are new members, six of them, that uh, are are coming to be part of the AAC. I got to ask you this, Commissioner. I've been waiting to ask you this for months. Rice, <laughs> it, it's in Houston. A study of Rice shows that they do have a pretty competitive athletic budget, but it is an academic institution. It's not an athletic bastion traditionally, or at least in modern times. I, I can wrap my mind around the other five. I understand the, the benefits of the other five. I don't want to be disrespectful, but but help me understand the Rice edition. 
well, again, that's a good, it, it's a fair question. And, and believe me, we, we had some, some, you know, some intense talks with Rice about various things. A couple of things about Rice, though. One, it, it's always great to have a school of that academic quality yeah. in your conference. Sure. I mean, we're, a, we're an athletic conference. I'll concede you that. But on the other hand, uh, you know, like-minded schools, and, and look at the schools we do have. You know, when you, when you look at, uh, we probably have more smaller private schools than most, you know, with, with SMU and Tulsa and the Naval Academy and, uh, you know, and now in Rice coming in, you know, high-quality smaller schools. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, you know, there's a camaraderie and we do have an academic consortium. But, but in terms of athletics, Rice does have, and I've used the, the term pedigree a few times in this conversation. Rice is part of the old Southwest Conference. You know, Rice, and you're right, you said it, you know, maybe in modern times, but Rice was, was a heck of a program at one time. You know, Rice, uh, you know, uh, had some great teams in football. Uh, Rice has, you know, uh, resources that uh, would dwarf most schools. You know, Rice has an incredible endowment. Our point to Rice was if you invest, and I think they will, you can be pretty good. You know, they, they went to what four or five bowls in a row not that long ago, right? And uh, I think at one point they may have been beating Houston in our conference. I think they did one year, maybe in the last uh, well, you know, six or seven they, years. They've had some, Rice they've had some, some baseball success as well for what they excellent baseball. And you know, smaller private schools or even some of the other privates like like Stanford, Vanderbilt. Uh, Tulane, Rice have historically had really good baseball programs. Um, but the point is, we think Rice, and, and you know, we, we like the Houston market. We didn't want to lose it. Uh, we think that Rice is, is on the cusp of doing something athletically that they haven't done in a while, uh, and that they will bring back some echoes of their old Southwest Conference heritage. And, and we think that could be a positive. And, and so, and we wanted to fortify our presence in Texas, Patrick, which we did now with, sure. we'll have four Texas schools. You know, we still have, we have SMU, but we've added North Texas, which invests heavily and is really already a really terrific basketball school and had more success in football four, four or five years ago than they've had recently. Although last year they went on a big winning streak at the end, uh, UTSA, which has all the potential in the world. And as you know, we're into potential and you have to realize that potential, uh, Potential, you know, wasted is is one of the worst things. But on the other hand, uh, we've been about growth, and and uh, that's why we took Charlotte. You could argue that Charlotte is, is the question. Why'd you take Charlotte yeah. when they don't? You know, football drives so much of this, and they don't have a, you know, an established football program yet. Well, uh, they're working on it, and we think they're going to get there. And Will Healy's a terrific coach. They're they're investing. They've got, um, you know, the ability to play ACC schools, which they do pretty regularly. Uh, in our league, they'll get the exposure that they didn't have. They're in an incredible market, uh, a growing market. And so we think that they, and they've got great leadership. You know, Mike Hill's a great AD. He worked under Jeremy Foley, who is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the greatest ADs of all time. Um, and so consequently, uh, we think that was, that was more of a potential you know, decision, right? Because you know, UAB's already had the, the kind of well, success we yeah, expect. I think you have a stronger UAB, and I think Texas San Antonio, in the vein of UCF, in the vein of Houston, with the investment, can become tremendous foot could become a tremendous football program to represent the American. Yeah, and FAU too. I mean, FAU uh, has shown they're willing to hire, you know, coaches like Lane Kiffin, like Willie Taggart, and they're willing to invest 
And then you look at, like you said, UAB and UTSA. Uh, and so I think, you know, right now, those six have, have I think, what, what it takes. They're willing to invest. Uh, they know they'll have to invest at a higher level in our conference. But together with schools in our conference that have had success at one time or another, it's hard to look at any of our schools and not see some success over the last decade that they didn't have before or that they may have had a little bit before, but got, you know, for, for example, uh, you know, ECU had in 2014 was one of our best teams and didn't ultimately win all their games. Uh, in 15, they were pretty good. And you know the history of ECU. You look at uh, SMU and what they've done the last four years, and you look at, um, you know, uh, a Tulsa team that was in our championship game last year that had a 10-win season that has been extremely competitive. People don't even realize Tulsa beat UCF the last four times they played them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then you look at um, the Naval Academy, and they've been down, up and down, but they have had some great seasons in our league. And, and you look at USF, and you remember that USF-UCF game Back uh, on, on you know Black Friday, back in what 2017, one of the greatest college football games anyone's ever watched. And UCF, uh, USF was right there for a couple of years, two or three years under Willie uh, and uh, Willie Taggart, you know uh, uh, Charlie Strong. They, they were right there, and then it flipped a bit. But everybody, Memphis went to a New Year's Bowl, and Memphis was you know under Justin Fuente and Mike Norvell had a, a you know more than a half decade of real success. And they're down a little bit from that, but they're still really competitive. Every one of our teams has had some success. They're going to have to all step up now because obviously we're, we're not going to sugarcoat it, Patrick. We're losing, you know, three really outstanding football right. schools. That right. have been the, the, the heart and soul of our football. I mean, they, five of our six New Year's appearances have been these teams. And Cincinnati finally made the playoff. Uh, you know, there two two of the three have been really really important in basketball, and UCF hasn't been bad either. Uh, so yeah, no, it's a blow. But on the other hand, you you got to get beyond it. You got to move on. It happens. College foot uh, college sports is uh, has always been uh, subject to realignment. I don't like it. I don't think anybody really loves it uh, on either end. I don't like taking schools. I don't like losing schools. Right. But that's the reality of college sports. You can't take it personally. So. Let's see if we can't continue to uh, to build something. You know, we took a risk going to fourteen. You could argue that you know any one of the any two of the six, maybe we didn't necessarily have to take could have could have stayed at four, uh, and 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 stayed at, at the twelve teams that we were originally at. But we felt that gave us a cushion in case there's more realignment down the road. Don't right. necessarily expect it, but you never know. Right. And and also we felt the fourteen team conference could be pretty dynamic if the teams do what we think they're going to do. So anyway, it's always a gamble, uh, but we needed to uh, to rebuild. I think we will, and uh, we'll see what happens. Commissioner Mike Oresco with the American Athletic uh, Conference is on uh, the line with us here. Uh, divisional play, is that where this ultimately makes the most sense? Uh, in terms of football? Well, just football, um, basketball. I mean, do divisions make sense with a 14-team league? No, no, basketball, we've never played divisions, and, and, and almost all the major conferences don't have right. divisions in basketball, and it allows you more flexibility. Football, I don't think we're going to be playing divisions in the future. We haven't made a final decision yet, but uh, with the CFP expanding, uh, and and with I think I still think uh, the, the top six uh, conferences 
you know, the champions of the top six conferences or that's, you know, I think that model is the one that's, that's going to end up being adopted. Even if it were five plus one, it would mean that we'd now have an opportunity we didn't have, but we don't, we're not going to give up on support five plus one ever. Period. We'll fight to the death on that one. But regardless, you know, we're going to have an opportunity in an expanded playoff and you're going to want, you know, you're going to need your champion, you know, to be, you know, your best team. And if you play divisions, you, you run the risk, and we've faced this in the past, of having a three, four-loss team that happened to win its division. Maybe the division was a little weaker that year, of uh, playing an undefeated team. And if they beat them, that's it for you. And uh, we almost had that with uh, Memphis against UCF in football in 2018, when Memphis, I think, did come in with four losses, and UCF was undefeated, and Memphis had them by 17 points at halftime. You know, it looked like we'd, we'd lose out on the New Year's Day bid. And in this case, it would have been a playoff bid. Uh, so I think you're probably going to see, you know, um, no divisions in football. And, and we, we've never had any in basketball. I can't imagine we'd, we'd institute them. Gotcha. Uh, I don't, I, I'm, and again, I don't want I'm not, to, I'm not making news. We haven't made any decision yet. But it just doesn't seem feasible to do it that way. And by the way, you know, all the teams that are, excuse me, conferences that have divisions, I think are going to think hard about whether they should continue to have them. Uh, so you know, it, you're basically you had looking to have at, them before it was NCAA rules. Right. You had to have division. But you're looking yeah. at top two, and that gives the football conference the most advantageous opportunity for an expanded playoff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you you um you want a team, you know, an undefeated team, two undefeated teams, you know, or an undefeated team and a one loss team to be playing, because we had that situation in 2017. Memphis had one loss, and, and UCF was undefeated. Whoever won that game was going to be our representative. You know, it was going to be a rep, New Year's Day rep for the, the so-called G5. And and that's what you want for, for obviously having a shot at the playoff. And, and two other things. We're not likely to get at large bids as easily as the P5, as you know. And that's a selection right. committee thing, you know, strength of schedule, all that. And that's probably not going to change, you know, anytime soon. And so for us, winning that championship is going to be critical. And uh, and having a, a, the team that wins it be the top, you know, the one of the you know the, the sixth best team or the fifth best team, whatever. And so, consequently, um, you know, having divisions can, you know, for the most part, only hurt you. And also, you know, you, the other thing, if you don't play divisions, what you got to you got to avoid too is maybe having having three undefeated teams. You probably right. want teams to yeah. make sure your your best teams occasionally play each other because it was, a tiebreaker with three undefeated teams would be a nightmare. You know. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see. Uh, we're talking about that now. It, you know, as far as realignment, uh, Patrick. Again, I'm not. I'm not making any news here. But you know, we are talking, as you know, to our, our three departing schools to see whether we can work out a settlement where they could leave potentially in 2023. Uh, they're going to be here this year for sure. Right. Uh, in 2023, uh, you know, we don't know. Uh, they, I think they would probably prefer to leave then, but we have to work out a financial settlement. If we can't, they would stay another year, 2022 and 23. Um, but either way, you know, we're we're going to have to make some decisions on on the uh, the way we do our format. And again, right. now of course the playoff isn't going to expand for a while, so it's not as urgent as it might have seemed. Sure. Uh, but we still got to get it in place. So presumably the season after, or the academic year after, is when all six would be able to, to join once the other Yeah, we're, we think, 
Yeah, we think uh, July 1, uh, 2023 for the 23-24 season would be the target. And again, I can't guarantee that. I can't guarantee that outcome because we have to have a financial settlement that's acceptable to us with the three that are leaving. It's that simple. They have no right to leave. Um, uh, You see what's going on with Conference USA. It's highly unfortunate. You know, I'm not going to get into their issues, but our our, our teams really understand the situation. And I think... uh, you know, we would not take anybody that didn't have a right to leave per right. their bylaws. Right. Uh, so, so we're just trying to figure out, and it's been very amicable. We've got some meetings set up. We've had several meetings. We, we are making progress. Um, it's always it's always a negotiation. We've had it before <laughs> with UConn and with others, unfortunately. Uh, we've got Mike Oresco here. My, my last thing for you, uh, and we talked a little bit about this off air, the TV deal. Uh, and you know, there was a lot of conjecture and, uh, uh, you know, an acid being popped by American fans over what the new look AAC would mean for, for that deal. So, uh, you've certainly worked as a high level executive in the TV industry. You've been a great friend to ECU, uh, in that capacity and, uh, certainly an advocate, uh, as the commissioner of this league for the pirates. So I think you speak from kind of an educated and well-informed perspective uh, as a TV executive, but also, you know, understanding the fans' concerns as the commissioner, uh, particularly here in the in the East. So uh, if you would just kind of lay out the TV deal, I think it's a great reminder for folks and uh, what, what this new look American will mean uh, as far as the business of the current deal and, and future renegotiations. Well, you know, first of all, as you mentioned, you know, we have a, a really important and really excellent TV deal with ESPN. We got a great partner at ESPN, and uh, they've been terrific to work with, and they've they've been really helpful throughout this whole process. They had nothing to do with the the realignment, zero. Uh, they're bystanders in that regard, but they have to get involved once it happens. Obviously, with us to determine. You know what what the, the new you know the uh, the agreement is going to look like, and I can tell you you know you know our incumbents uh, will be in the same position they were, and it's a, it's a great tribute to the relationship we we have with ESPN, the confidence they have in us, and and we we have enough revenue, and I'm not going to get into the details. We have enough revenue to bring in some new schools, and that's really important, and, and so we have some support there, which is critical. Uh, I think ESPN believes in us. We will have pretty much the same exposures, you know, the same uh, number of football and basketball games on, on key ESPN platforms. Uh, and that's going to give, you know, the new schools a real opportunity to have some exposure they didn't get in the other conference. So it's been, you know, it's been a great uh, relationship. I, I, I just tip my hat to ESPN for understanding who we are, what we can become again, what we've been to them, how important it's been. Uh, the deal was was you know pretty important seminal deal for us because it it's not as much money as the as the, you know the so called P five have been generating but it it's a lot closer than any any G four school got in fact our it's it's night and day relative to what our deal is and it's a tribute to what our schools have accomplished and it's also it means that we have value for ESPN and so going forward though. We're going to be in, in the same great shape we're in. Now, we did go out a little longer than, than a lot of conferences, but in our case, it's important to do that because, you know, you don't know what the vicissitudes are going to be as you go forward. And to have that kind of stability 
uh, is good. So uh, I can just tell every all the fans that you know you're going to see the same amount of exposure. You, you've got the great ESPN Plus now in 20, 21 point something million homes. You're seeing you know the flexibility for people who want to watch ESPN Plus, whether it's on their TV or their or their uh, you know their phone or any other uh, tablet that they have. Uh, and it's, it's very inexpensive and, and you don't have to worry anymore about being on a, a cable network that, uh, for some of our games that, that has only half the country or less than half the country covered and you can't watch a game yeah. or some, some, you know, some websites that maybe are hard to access. So ESPN plus is, is a great part of this. And it, you know, I think almost all our schools embraced it. We had a, a you know, one maybe that didn't and that school's no longer with us, but it's, 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 it's the future. And, and, but I can't say enough about the executives at ESPN. You know, I've, I've worked at ES, I worked at ESPN many years ago for, for a dozen years, worked at CBS for 16. We also are, have a, our basketball deal still in place with CBS. Most of our basketball is with ESPN, but we do get some, some premier games on the big CBS network, which is, is a great, you know, we still have that relationship. Uh, and I think fans can, can rest assured that, uh, uh, you know, nothing's going to change and that, you know, we're going to have enough revenue to move forward into this new world that we're all, you know, we're all, um, you know, approaching and uh, with whatever trepidation we have, we uh, we think we're in a great position. Uh, and again, I, I, I tip my hat to uh, our partner at ESPN for really, you know, not only stepping up to support us because, because they believe in us and putting, you know, putting their money where, you know, where, you know, where, I think it can it can really uh, you know help uh, them and us. Uh, it's it's great uh, you know to have that relationship. 